If you're struggling to believe that you can eat the foods you love and still get results, listen up. Or maybe you know that it is possible, but you're just struggling to understand how you can make it work in a practical sense. If you can resonate with this, then keep listening, because in today's episode, we're going to go through three strategies to eat your favorite foods and still see results. Let's go. Are you a gym baddie committed to leveling up in all areas through health and fitness? This podcast is for you. Hi, hello. My name is Danika. I'm an online coach, personal trainer, and your host of Fit Chit Chat. I help women just like you stop spinning your wheels with a no BS approach so you can reshape your body, feel your strongest yet, and create confidence that is authentic to you. Together, we'll delve into all the topics that matter, how to maximize your progress in the gym, make nutrition a no-brainer, and streamline the process to make achieving goals simple. You are guaranteed to leave feeling educated, entertained, and empowered to become your baddest damn self. Hi, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Fit Chit Chat podcast. Today, we're going to be talking all things, including your favorite foods and still getting the results that you want. The reason I'm doing this episode is it because it's come off the back of an Instagram story series I did the other day that got a lot of traction. A lot of you answered the question box. A few of you DM me about it. We had some good conversations. There was some polls going on, and it was pretty clear that some of you to some degree, actually a lot of you to some degree, I should say still suffer with like fear around including your favorite foods or general confusion on how to, okay? Your favorite foods are probably foods that have been called junk food at some point or another, like chocolate and chips and lollies and cake and salamis and all these things. And and you've been told that these are the reason you're putting on weight or that you will put on weight if you include them. So obviously there's a fear aspect to it, but there's also a really strong confusion aspect to it. And today we're going to touch on both of these elements inside the three strategies I'm going to talk about. So without further ado, let's just jump straight into it. So the first one I want to talk about is for the women out there who are unsure about how much they can have and still see results. So you're the woman that understands that it is possible to include your favorite food. You don't need to to restrict and cut out all of the things that you love and that you've seen either a girlfriend do it or you've seen it on, on social media that it is possible for you to eat the food you love and see the fat loss result that you're chasing. The confusion aspect is what this one is based around. It's like, well, how much is too much? How frequently can I do it? You have this fear of like accidentally over consuming it and then sabotaging your fat loss without meaning to. It's like, what does it actually look like? Like, how do I practically include these foods in amongst my daily intake? Okay. One big thing I'm going to say here, and this is generally something that I do with my clients initially when they first come on, is getting nutritional knowledge, getting your nutrition fundamentals down pat. Your nutrition literacy needs to increase in order for you to release some of that fear and confusion around how do I include these favorite foods? So what does this look like in a practical sense? Like how can I do it? You're ready to do it. So how can you do it? The first thing I'm going to say is you need to be managing your food to some degree. You need to to increase your knowledge around food by either tracking your calories, your macros, so you can actually learn. We can remove the fear out of these foods if we actually understand what they're made up of and how much it amounts to, because what's going on in your head might actually not be reflecting reality. Maybe you think there's so many more calories in the foods you love, or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you're undershooting it, and that's why when you're eating these foods, you're accidentally over-consuming calories and sabotaging your fat loss. So 
getting the knowledge around the foods is super important. Like I said, it's going to release that fear if you actually understand what's going on. If we look at like what anxiety is often, it's the fear of the unknown, the fear of the things that may happen. So if we can actually just put some literal numbers on these foods and, and look at how you can consume them in amongst your daily total intake, it's going to release that. Okay. So two ways that you could go about tracking your food is like you could track your calories or your macros through an app like my fitness pal or something like that or you could do the portion method and tick boxes so that's also another method i use with my clients it's like for the ones that don't want to track macros and calories for whatever reason everybody's different you could have a portion method where it's like this is what i'm consuming in a day you know i'm gonna have five serves of protein two pieces of fruit five serves of veg and you might actually just include one treat per day now, obviously that treats within reason. It's not like you're going to say, I'm going to have an giant entire mud cake from Coles every day. Like that's a little bit ridiculous. But if we can put down some structure, some framework and ease you into and teach you and, and get you to really walk the walk yourself and go through the process of actually including a food and, and seeing how that could look inside of your daily meal plan, like that's exactly what we're trying to achieve here. In my personal opinion, I think tracking your calories, your macros is probably a better way to do it because then there's less room for error. There's less room for guesswork. You can't get in your own head about it when you know literal numbers and facts on, on an app. And it's not something you have to do forever. Once you've tracked and, and understood what's in the foods and what a day looks like for you and your individual requirements, you get a better understanding and feel for what a day could look like. And eventually you'll ditch the app and just be eating quite educatedly and naturally because you know what your limits are and you know what's enough for you and what's too much for you. So the first strategy is obviously just getting a big amount of knowledge and awareness around these foods. So many of my clients actually, you know, start tracking macros with me initially when we're working on the nutrition foundations and understanding what's going on with their foods. And they realize like how much of these foods they could have been including this whole time, but in their head, it wasn't possible. So this nutrition knowledge aspect is is massive. Like this is the foundation for all of this, in my opinion. If we look at moving into the second strategy, this is for the woman who's been avoiding them altogether and just completely cutting them out. We're not even like willing to try at the moment because maybe the fear is too much for us or we restrict, restrict, restrict. And then we get this big slingshot effect. And when we do have those foods, we end up overeating or we end up even binge eating on them. Okay. So if you're one of these women that are, you know, binge restrict, binge restrict, because you're not sure how to actually just include them frequently, then this strategy is for you. So the second one, we're looking at an exposure method so that you eventually become immune to this food. It doesn't have the weight or the power that you're currently giving it. The exposure method is something that happens in everything and everywhere all of the time. Think about it. There's probably something in your life or, you know, that we see in Australia that's super frequent and, and normal for us. You know, you don't bat an eyelid at it because it's the normal for you. You're totally immune to that. But if you're something that was coming from a different country and it's something you've never seen before, you'd be absolutely like astounded and taken back and just like in awe of this thing. But we're just like, meh, it's no big deal. Say you lived in in Sydney and you walked past the Sydney Harbour Bridge every day. You probably wouldn't really care, right? You're so used to it. But if you're someone coming from overseas and people do come from overseas to see it, it's a big deal. Another way this um, exposure method happens, it's actually really interesting. I was listening to this in a podcast the other day, but they've started doing this with people who have peanut allergies. 
And what they do is actually give them a small trace of peanut and see if they have a reaction. And then over time, they slowly, slowly build up the amount that they consume to the point that their body kind of actually doesn't react anymore. Like it's, it's really interesting that they build up an immunity to the peanut because they've had small amounts, small trace amounts of peanut to the point that they can actually have like a whole peanut and not have any sort of reaction, which is super interesting. But again, it's that exposure method. So if we take it back to what we're looking at at the moment in terms of like including your favorite foods, if you're someone that's avoiding it altogether, the times that you do have it, you're going to feel desperate. You're going to feel frantic and you're going to want to overconsume them because it's not something that you get often. You're going to be that person that's in awe of the Sydney Harbour Bridge because you've never seen it before or you don't have the opportunity to eat those foods on a regular basis. So when we look at this exposure method, that kind of pairs up with that one I said in the previous one where it's like include a treat every single day because eventually you're going to get used to it and your want and your desire and your urges for that food will lessen over time because it's something that you're having frequently and you're not as excited by it anymore. So this is a really great one. And obviously, again, within reason, it's not like having a giant cake every single day. And if you're someone that's a little bit weary of eating these foods, you're probably not going to do that anyway. But it's just like maybe at the end of the day, you schedule in to have a cup of tea and two biscuits every day. Maybe you just look at including a couple of Tim Tams. Maybe it's like a small chocolate bar. Maybe it's something, anything that you're currently avoiding because you're concerned that you can't have your cake and eat it too, essentially. So building up your exposure to this and and small steps. That's why I'm saying like, two cookies, if that feels amazing and exciting and like a huge step for you, then start there. And even if that every day is too much, maybe every second day, but building up, you know, the exposure method, getting used to it, something that is always around, eventually it becomes your new normal. Okay. Let's move into number three. So strategy three is more of maybe not so much a practical thing, but a, a perspective shift. So if you're someone that gets the guilt after eating you know, a piece of cake or whatever your favorite food is, we need to have a discussion around your perspective and the emphasis that you're placing on those foods. I'll start by saying if you're someone that genuinely has a very poor relationship with food or any sort of um, disordered eating behaviors or even an, an eating disorder, then obviously you need to seek appropriate professional help. This is not that and I'm, I'm not a dietitian or a psychologist or anything like that. But based on what I've been through and what I see my clients go through and we work through together, we need to have a discussion around the perspective, okay? This turns up in food, but it also turns up in training. And I'm going to use both of these as a way to kind of work through this. Think about it this way. If you have one piece of cake, it's not the end of the world. The same way as if you have like one salad or one chicken and rice and veg meal or one whatever you would consider a healthy meal, if you had one of those, you're not all of a sudden going to achieve all of your goals and lose all of this body fat that you're chasing, right? One cake won't undo all your hard work the same way one salad won't help you achieve all of your goals. One day of the gym, one training session is not going to get you all that nice, lean, curvy muscle mass you're chasing the same way that one day off isn't going to undo all your hard work. Sometimes we need to have a real think about like the effects of a very isolated one-off incident like that. And especially if you're consuming that food that you love in a small to normal portion, there's going to be very little effects of that. The... 
way that we can go about this is journaling. Journaling is obviously a great method to unpack what's going on. There's loads of prompts around. I'm sure if you Google some prompts around what you're making this food mean, why you feel this way, etc., you could look at an investing in a set of um, journaling prompt cards. Like I've got a deck of cards that have all these prompts in it and it's really great to read one. And I'm like, all right, sweet. I'm going to write about that. Maybe if you are working with um, a professional, like a psychologist, you can ask them for some prompts. I know my psychologist gives me some great um, practical things that I can do. I'm very practical. Like give me the good shit and I'll just do it. So she gives me some, she has like a compassion diary, which is a really great one to do. There's things like this that you can do. And I want you to really understand and put some perspective on what you're making that food mean and why you feel like one isolated piece of cake is going to undo all of your hard work. Like, like be real with yourself. Have a think about how long it's taken you to get to the position you're in. If you're somebody that has a bit of body weight to lose, I'm sure you didn't put on that fat mass overnight. I'm sure it didn't happen in a week or a month. It's probably an accumulation of a year, two years, five years, even 10 years. I'm sure it wasn't something that happened in a very short, acute period of time. It was probably something over a longer duration and a compound of maybe some not so great habits or behaviors. So why on earth would it be one cake that's going to undo all of your hard work? The same way, like I said before, one salad isn't going to progress you in your your health and fitness journey. The same way one cake isn't going to set you back. So really be honest with yourself around your perspective. And I know this one's a little bit harder and maybe not so practical or tangible in a sense that it's like teaching you how to include the food. But I think this mindset piece is just as important as the other two strategies I've given you, because without that, there's still going to be that little voice in the back of your head. That's just going to fuck you over every time you try and enjoy the foods that you love. And until you're willing to work through that aspect as well, then the practical stuff is going to be a little bit harder to get through as well. So like I said, journaling is a really great way to do that. Maybe speaking, if you're someone that likes to discuss these things with a a professional, then that's also something I'm going to highly, highly recommend. So they're my three strategies for eating the food you love and still being able to achieve the results that you want. And I do this time and time again with my clients. I see it happen all the time. The reason I was talking about this on my Instagram story is because I had a client who quoted um, that she can now eat the food she loves without the guilt. You know, she's more confident in her nutrition approach, etc. And if you're listening to this episode and going, fuck, this is me, like these are the things I need to do, I resonate with so much of this, and you want to learn how to eat the food you love without the fear, or maybe you're trying to do it on your own right now with very, very little success, then it's time to book in your free call with me and consider joining me and the ladies inside my one-to-one online coaching program, Operation Ignite. On the free info call, we can discuss how coaching works and we can start putting a plan in place specifically for you so that you can feel confident with your nutrition, eat the foods you love, and still get the fat loss results you want. The link to book that call is in the show notes below. All right, that is it for me. I hope you guys have loved this episode. I think it's a really great um, educational tool. Listen to it again and again a couple of times if you need to. If there's someone in your life that you know would resonate with this episode, share it to them leave a rating, leave a review, or if you have some questions or want a little bit more information around any of these strategies, absolutely like shoot me a DM on Instagram and I would happily discuss it further with you. Otherwise, that is it for me. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode and until next week, have an incredible week. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Fit Chit Chat. I have three things for you. One, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single drop. 
Two, share this episode on your social media and tag me in it. And three, follow me on Instagram and slide into my DMs. Let me know what resonated with you. Details in the show notes. And until next week, goodbye.